Welcome to Unbooking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the first and last, the beginnings and ends, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. Welcome catch fans to HEW TV. I'm your host, Petey Crockett, and I'm here to bring you all of the excitement from HEW, not only here in the UK, but also matches from our sister company, HEW, over in Kentucky, USA. As this is our debut of HEW TV, what better way to kick it off than with a tournament for a brand new HEW TV champion. Let's get things underway. We'll now head over to the HEW Catcher Touring for our first qualifier match, which sees Mr. Number 1 Johnny Rose taking on the Mass Mexican, the Golden Ballator. Commentary is provided by myself and the Mocho Man, Chris Cage. I'm your host, Dan Griffin, and joined, as always, by the concupiscible UTT Rob. How are you, mate? I might be concupiscible by the end of this show if it uh, means drunk. <laughs> it doesn't mean drunk, no. I'll uh, I'll tell you what you mean. Tell you what it means when you're older. Uh, but I've still not run out of kind words yet. So I'm old now, Dan. Yeah, well, whatever. And now I'm even older. <laughs> oh dear. Well, I asked how you are. I am annoyed with myself. Deeply, deeply annoyed with myself because. Drunk Dan, at the end of our last recording with TAC, had an idea to turn one of our ideas on its head. We've floated out the idea before, I don't think ever on air, but certainly, you know, behind the scenes, we floated around the idea of revenge episodes, where we'd give people like, just off the top of head, Lauren or Steve, or people who really hated what they watched, a chance to pick something for us to cover with them, to either get a bit of revenge or something like that. And... Drunk Dan realised in discussion after we'd uh, recorded our last episode with Tack that Tack's been on twice and got two pretty bloody good shows, or at least two shows that he enjoyed. So I did, Drunk Dan decided, let's flip that and make Tack watch some absolute shit. So Drunk Dan picked the shittest thing he could think of and suggested HCW. Now, Sober Dan hates HCW and deeply regrets Drunk Dan's suggestion. So we've got Tack back with us. Tack, how are you, buddy? Yeah, doing good. Overcome the technical difficulties and I'm, uh, um, I don't want to say raring to go because this was definitely payback for the two awesome episodes that I've been on so far. Yeah, well, it's, it's okay, mate. You didn't suffer alone. Um, but <laughs> because I hate this shit so much uh, I'm just going to throw it to Rob for the rest of the episode because this will probably be uh, our most polarising rating that we've ever had on UTT by the end of it uh, I don't think it will I, th- I think we'll all be in the pack <laughs> with the rating it's just, just, some of us appreciate the irony of it yeah it's, it's, uh, it's lost on me I've watched a, a lot of one of my big things is going and supporting local shows and things like that and I've been to some really like bottom rung like super ghetto shows and I have never seen anything like this. <laughs> we've we've been to a show in the in the in the village hall up the road from Rob and it was leaps and bounds and miles beyond this. Yeah. I, I always think back to I went to a show in uh, Radford Park which is just a, a random park in Coventry basically. Uh, they had like a little church fake kind of thing. And uh, they had a wrestling show. It was actually the first play, first match of Pete Dunne's career. 
among others. Um, and that was pretty bad, but it was because there were literal children wrestling. <laughs> There's not that excuse in this. <laughs> HCW have done some, um, like, you know, um, village fates. Or, I mean, there was one time they were in the park and you could see people walking the dog in the background, but they, they did one at a fate and there was like a, a the, the, the seats were basically a double-decker bus, so you could see a couple of people in the bus watching the wrestling. <laughs> Oh dear! It's not beautiful. It's fucking awful. Um, so to, to go on, Rob. Oh, I was going to say to manage to get through that. Are you drinking, Tack? Have you got anything on the go? Uh, I am, but I'm uh, I'm on a bit of a health kick, so I'm not drinking beer at the moment. So instead, I've uh, I've got a bottle of a, bo- a bottle of which you can tell I've already started on. Uh, a bottle of Jim Beam, Jim Beam Double Oak Twice Barreled, which Ooh. I'm drinking with uh, some freshly squeezed lemon juice, sort of an old-fashioned, but not. Uh, and then if I get really fancy, I've got a bottle of McKellen that I might break open later as well, because someone treated me to a nice bottle of McKellen 12-year. So Very nice. Whiskey's, whiskey's healthy, because it's not a pint, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone asks. Well, one of my favourite, one of my favourite ever stories from, well, ever, is uh, that Lemmy, when he was alive, bless him, switched from a bottle of whiskey a day to a bottle of vodka a day for health reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been the same-ish. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm drinking. I've gone back to our friends over at Tartarus Brewery because I've got a, uh, I've had a bottle in the fridge of uh, the Abaddon, the Russian Imperial Stout. I had the marshmallow version on the show previously. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but I needed something very, very strong to uh, to get me through talking about this utter crap. So I'm on the uh, I'm on the Abaddon. It's bloody delicious. Uh, it's going to get well over a four and untapped. It's not quite as nice as the marshmallow one, but it's still a bloody tasty beer and <laughs> dangerous in the best way at 17%. It almost looks like a glass of syrup you're drinking there. It's like yeah. sticking to the side it of the glass. <laughs> it, it has to be savoured like a, like a spirit. It demands that kind of respect. I don't normally drink out of uh, out of a glass on this either. I'm normally a scrub, you know, with the, with the bottles or the cans. I made the effort to put this in a glass. Well and uh, when I finish that, I'm going a bit different because I saw these on uh, Perusing Trembling Madness. I've actually got some uh, Fjordly Craft Seltzers because I keep hearing people talk about seltzer. And I thought I'd see what it was all about. So I've got a mango and passion fruit a one and a strawberry and rhubarb, 4.7%. So see if they're any good and just don't take it the, down. You're going to be on take the white floor before we know it, ain't you? <laughs> probably, probably not. I just need it. I just thought I'd you know, have some to take it down a notch after the uh, after the big one. If they make a rhubarb flavoured white claw, then, uh, then maybe. <laughs> what are you on, Rob? Yeah, I'm I'm on a um, uh, a decent stout. Um, I'm on a Three Brothers um, Brewing Company Biscoff flavored milk stout, six point eight percent. It's quite watery compared to yours, but it's absolutely lovely. And I do feel that I might be coming down with uh, a cold, so I'm going to um, jump onto the whiskey after that. Although I'm going to be less classy than Tack because I have a bottle of Famous Grouse that uh, I've decided I need to get through before I can move on to uh, any of the better stuff. Ah, oh, famous grouse isn't too bad though. It does the job. I like grouse is my favourite of kind of the mid-range whiskies, if that makes sense. Grouse is I the like, best uh, thing. To, I, I love having a, a bit. Of, if I'm going somewhere outdoors and cold, I'll always have a hippie of uh, grouse. It's a good, really good warming whisky. I normally prefer white and Mackay. 
I've got some just, like guy actually. Um, but that's just, that's just usually what my uh, my granddad's got him when I go walk his dog. <laughs> well, this is this is the point because like at Christmas, um, I can normally rely on a few people to buy me bottles of whiskey. So I've got a couple of bottles of Grouse, bottle of Grant, bottle of White and Mackay, and then I've got some nice stuff. I've got Highland Park Viking Scars and uh, yeah, Jira Ten Years. I've got a, uh, a bottle of Cardu Grand Reserve in the uh, in the cupboard as well, but only break that out on special occasions. Superb. So now it's time for the listeners to sit back and relax, and we'll be the virtual Reginald. But before he started wrestling in a McDonald's uniform um, randomly and go back to his beer sommelier days, and uh, listeners can be the virtual uh, Carmella or Nia Jax or Shayna Baszler or Sasha Banks or whoever he was a sommelier for, and uh, we'll make a recommendation of a uh, drink they should have while they're watching this episode of HCW. So, Tack, do you have a recommendation? As always, I'm going to recommend uh, Twisted Barrel because... I love their beer, and they're one of the very few breweries in Cov. Um, they've got one that's called the Spires, which is one they did a few years ago that's come back. Now they've got their own uh, ability to can stuff and do it in bigger amounts, and they've brought it back. So, yeah, the, the Spires by Twisted Barrel. It's a really, really nice, uh, smooth session pale ale. Excellent. Sounds good. Dan? I'm not recommending a beer for once. I'm recommending a shot that we used to drink at uni which was we'd have, if it got to about 1am or 2 and you still weren't drunk, we'd order this and it was a layered shot and it's uh, Jägermeister, Goldschlager and Ray and Nephew's Overproof Rum, the strongest you can find. The name of it was sort of very late 2000s, it was called an assisted suicide. I'd recommend as many of them as you can get down your neck, but still see and then watch HCW. Excellent. So a quality recommendation. I've got another way with mine. As all these shows were um, filmed at various venues, so we're going to do the first episode and the last episode. So we've got one match from the first episode and two from the last because they were very short shows. Um, they're all filmed in the county of Worcestershire. So I'm going with Worcester Sorcerer from Saddler's Ale, which is a 4.1% golden ale. Worcester Sorcerer, I like that. I think I actually had it on the show because Saddler's Ales are doing the Peaky Blinders beer now. But yes. before that, they had like an entire range of stuff. But when they sort of swapped over, they ended up with a load of stock. So mm. it went out to home bargains and they were selling them off for like a pound. So there were like 12 different ones. And you were just like, <laughs> you know, sounded oh, like a walk into the... Does uh... it taste of Worcester sauce? No, it's, I think it was a recipe from Worcester rather than tasting of Worcester sauce, unfortunately. Okay. It was the <laughs> Henderson's Relish beer. Um, but oh, that, was del- that was delicious. I managed, to get a, I managed to get a can of that. It was great. I'm sure I did. Well, I tried the Henderson. Marmite beer, but I don't like Marmite, so... You know, I quite yeah. like the Marmite beer. I had it on last week's show, and, and I was surprisingly impressed with it. I do like Marmite, so I loved it. So now it's time for Best Beer of the Week. And Best Beer of the Week is Corona. So Best Beer of the Week there was Corona, because um, she said it's about time she uh, recommended Corona during the pandemic. It's a 4.6% lager uh, from Grupo Modelo. It's one that she gave two and a half to an untapped. I've given three and you gave 2.75, Dan. So unusually one that I've given a higher mark to. Yeah, and it's, that's not to say I don't like Corona because if it's like a hot summer day and you just need something cold and, and refreshing, the Corona goes down quite well. But in general, it's just sort of, it's just ever so slightly above average for me. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair enough. So this show that uh, we're reviewing today, they from the first episode, and we'll put the links in the uh, show notes if anyone don't 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 watch it. <laughs> this oh, you do you suffer along with us. <laughs> this came from the HCW Catchatorium uh, in Kidderminster. <laughs> Uh, the HCW Catchatorium is also known as the Y Centre or Youth Centre in uh, Kidderminster. Um, this was broadcast on the 22nd of January 2015. This building closed down in March 2015, so I don't know if that was a result of uh, HCW having run the venue. It was a direct consequence. <laughs> yeah. What I did do, and this isn't necessarily how many people were there at the start, but I've counted as many people as I can see, and I think that the only people, I don't think there's anyone there behind the camera. I think there are nine adults and five children at this show. I did find out that they originally charged £5 an adult and £2.50 a child. Children under four went in for free, but I'm going to assume that these children were above the age of four. So that's a gate of £62.50. Which is honestly about <laughs> ten times more than it was worth. <laughs> I've written down that I was really hoping you were going to do the gate like you used to do on the old uh, Monday Night Wars episode. I was really looking forward to that bit. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I thought at one point I've also written down it looks like both the people in attendance are enjoying it. So I think I only spotted two. So you've done well there. Well, we'll get on to one of the reasons why you couldn't quite tell how much uh, how many people <laughs> were there. But we'll come to that as uh, as we get through this absolute mess. So the show was actually broadcast on television, on, on satellite. It was broadcast on the Bright Entertainment Network. And the Bright Entertainment Network primarily focused in Nigerian-based programming for Nigerian expats. So it was really random that they had a wrestling promotion from Kidderminster in the middle of the schedule. It's not. It's not. I know why they picked it up. I've just figured it out in the last five seconds, thanks to the power of 17% stout. What they needed, they wanted to broadcast wrestling, but they needed something that would make Power Uti look good. Now, if you've never heard of Power Uti, he's a Nigerian wrestler that once uh, once fucked over Mick Foley. He'd bring people into Nigeria and have, put on wrestling shows and uh, would always insist he'd go over as like the hometown hero, but he's got awful. So that's why I think he's still at it and they needed someone to make Power Uti look good. I've also got a bit of a personal vendetta because he personally banned me from Nigeria on Twitter. Well, that's, uh, that's going to cause a problem for your old Diz next year. Um, <laughs> the Bright Entertainment Network, it, it was reported uh, by several sources. I'm going off goodthinkingsociety.org, but there's uh, several people who reported this, that uh, in 2015 they were fined £25,000 by Ofcom because um, they'd had a faith healer on who was sending out free samples of miracle water. Was it, was it his piss or something? Lord only knows, but apparently it wasn't uh, miraculous. So, uh, what, the, was the, the, um, what was the fine for airing HCW? Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, the channel no longer exists, so it could have been people <laughs> voting with the faith. Flat ban. <laughs> Flat ban. Yeah. The show was actually recorded on the 13th of December 2014. We start the show with Petey Crockett, and uh, he's welcoming us to HCW. And we wouldn't have actually, because they've sort of clipped the episode, so they're like, fit into YouTube now. So some of this we might not have got on YouTube. One thing we do lack from this show, I think we only get the first half of it, because 
HCW had an arrangement with CW in Kentucky. So sometimes you'd get matches from them and sometimes you'd get old GFW matches. So you might have like a JBL match from the 80s or something randomly just thrown in. What, so HCW from Kentucky was a thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I the, thought they made it up. Oh, no, they, they do make up an invasion, and we'll cover that in the last episode, because HCW has mysteriously changed its name by the time we get to the last episode. But we'll, uh, we'll discuss that going forward. A little bit of, like, research into... Because like, there's nothing in this that I recognised before I started, so I've tried to, like, follow a few little threads of, like... See where other people have, who are on it have worked. Not many places, spoiler alert. And I can't feel, I, I just don't know what the fuck's going on. No, <laughs> it's not it's even very, organized chaos. It's just chaos, man. It's a very closed shop. They don't like people coming in from outside and they don't like people who are inside working outside. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit weird. But we get sort of the. Um, package at the start showing highlights and in inverted commas um, <laughs> um we get the mocho man now he is a rip-off of the macho man sort of thing uh, it's called the mocho man chris cage we get uh, mike cash who was well uh, ironically for ben tv was some kind of evangelical preacher <laughs> so that probably didn't fit in very well um so he, he was there on the star I, I counted about 20 people in the crowd watching his match uh, then we get um, a powerpoint up saying it was recorded live at the hcw catchatorium let's see some catch and this pretentious wanker he can fuck right off catchatorium commence some catch eat shit Pete crockett it's gonna get it's the last episode although i will give him some credit it looked like the banner had been properly made and the countdown graphic at the very start of the show was spot on yeah, shout, shout out to 2001 Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm wondering at one point if somebody had just written on you know, like overhead projector paper, and just <laughs> put it in front of the camera really slowly, hoping that no one had noticed because it did look that ghetto right from the off. Did like, you see the on screen graphics with the um, with the banner as well that was on behind him? It was blatantly across his stairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got to work with what you got, but just fuck so peter crockett says that you know we're not just going to see the excitement from here um we're going to see um also from our sister promotion in kentucky but you know you've got a chance to see hcw live on the 24th of jan they're going to be at the conquest theater in bomyard and on the um 25th they're going to be at the wolverley sports and social club and we'll see that venue in the uh next episode I think that Wolverley Sports and Social Club, from everything I could find online, is is actually like dilapidated now, and in all likelihood shut down. Well, we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a story about that when we get there. So uh, he says, as this is the debut of HCW TV, what better way to tick, uh, to kick off than a tournament for the brand new HCW Television Championship? And this is where Peter Crockett ends half a point because he knew what his title was called, so that puts him one step ahead of the UWA. Oh, you, you just wait till we got to the UWA um, last episode and you see those tag team championships. I can't wait. They make Jeff Hardy's Immortal Championship look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to have some qualifying rounds, but uh, then there's an advert saying that if you want to book HCW for your arena and nope. Johnny Rose's um, email address, it was one of the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, one of the wrestlers is, the, uh, is one of the booking managers. 
I so I assumed yeah. he was the booker, yeah, from from that. And we're going to see Johnny Rose because it's um, the number one Johnny Rose versus Mid- the... that's that's Mister Number One to you. <laughs> that's fair enough. Versus the mass Mexican, the Golden Balator, who I couldn't remember the name of once and just decided to call the Golden Vivuzella. Oh, right. Is this what you were calling him, the Golden Boozer? Because you've always said that about HCW. Yeah, I just couldn't remember. I just couldn't pick up his name and didn't care to go back and find out. Fair I, just, I just call him Oscar throughout all this. Yeah, match is going to be refereed by a John Hudson. Um, the camera angle for this match is something <laughs> you, you can't see below the bottom rope. If you ever wondered what it would be like to sit on the floor cross-legged in the gym and watch a wrestling match, this is how you find out. I feel like someone just put the camera down on the floor, like resting on maybe a a coat or something, pointing up slightly towards the ring and just thought, that'll do. Well, it blatantly did. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to it in a minute, but you you can see everything from about halfway between the bottom and middle rope upwards. And then at nine minutes and 13 seconds... A spotty adolescent face appears on the right on the left side of the screen, checking the shot, and then proceeds to recenter the camera. And by the end of the show, but before the end of the show, it's fallen back down again. So you're just looking at the fucking looking at the the middle rope and upward again. There's a, there's a point where there's a uh, some sort of submission happens. Um, I can't remember. I, I did write it down, but I can't remember what they called it now. And um, but all you see is literally just a foot with a hand on it. Like just in the like bottom ten percent of the screen, and a slight noise of pain, but you don't actually get to see what is happening. Well, you don't really get to see what's happening for most of the match, but that point in particular, I thought really stood out as being especially shit. And thing is, we're mocking it, but I actually think this camera angle helps it because then I don't have to watch the match. I don't have to watch the terrible submissions that are being applied. I can just <laughs> I can just look at my phone and half pay attention. Well, there's a, there's a bit where they do actually have a submission on and um, the camera actually just gets moved a little bit and I've put in my notes, oh, it's a wrist lock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah, it was it was not good. It was not good. You had, you had a guy, and they even referenced it on commentary as well, a guy who looks like a pudgy Oscar statue about to fight a last of the summer wine extra. The commentary, I'm not sure what voice was it, Chris Cage was the other commentary guy. The Mocho Man. The Mocho Man. There's something about, like you said, he was supposed to be some version of Macho Man, maybe, but like, if that was supposed to be an impression, um, he shouldn't ever be allowed to watch any form of wrestling ever again because he just he sounded like he had a bag full of gravel and 20 regal before he started commentating, but in a fake, totally fake and useless way. It's horrific. <laughs> But that is a bonus for Steve Linsky because he is now the owner of the second worst American accent we've ever had on this show. Oh, God. Steve Linsky's accent. That was really bad. It was quality compared to this. Well, perhaps. (laughs) Uh, But you you know you said about uh, it was a spotty teenager that lent into the camera. That wasn't a spotty teenager. That was Petey Crockett that lent in to check on the camera and looked right in. He looked 12. It was it was Peter Crockett. Oh um, dear. Yeah, he he got his head in the way of what I can only assume was a shit jock kick by the Balator. <laughs> Again, quite thankful of it. I mean, but, this um, match started as Stone Cold Steve Austin said, a, a shitty lockup is a, a great way to start a shitty match. 
<laughs> yeah. Although it comes to summit when the shit macho man's uh, mocking you because Peter Crockett at one point calls something a double drop toe hold. And an old, uh, old mocho's giving it a double drop toe hold. Never heard that one. <laughs> There's uh, one where Peter Crocky said that was a vicious power uh, slam. Power, power slam, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my favourite bit. <laughs> <laughs> vicious power. Yeah. And you, you could you could hear his brain farting as, as he paused. <laughs> so towards the end of the match, the camera gets tilted down so we can actually see below the bottom rope and we can see the crowd, which really helped me uh, work out the gate. For this, so uh, that that was quite impressive. Yeah, it lasted uh, less than a minute in that position. Yeah, Johnny Rose does a Russian leg sweep, and he gets a three count off it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm assuming that's because uh, Mr. Rose struggled to get up after that move. Yeah, I put in my notes. This is possibly the worst match we've watched for any of these reviews. Uh, that's generous. It is definitely the worst oh. match we've ever watched. I can confidently say it's the worst wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've watched some dog shit. Yeah. And you and you've watched what we're and you've watched what we're covering next. Well, uh, Johnny Rose was a twenty-three year vet at this point. He'd um worked uh, as various uh, gimmicks. He was the UK one man gang. He was the UK bushwhacker. Instead of there being two bushwhackers. And it, at one point when, he had a gimmick called the, the ex-Chippendale Johnny Rose. <laughs> now Chip Eater. When you say 23-year vet, you do mean working with animals, not wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It was just... It's just not good. Yeah. It's absolutely fucking awful. And this this shouldn't bother me, but it does. Big shout-out to the in-venue PA commentary as well. Yes, they, they, they actually... Um, you could hear the commentary. Uh, in the venue, that that was a brave choice. Although maybe they thought that um, that the arena was so small that they could have heard them anywhere. Also, if you're that brave to attend one of these shows, you're probably going to need to explain it to you anyway. Yeah, that's fair enough. We, we go back to uh, Peter Crockett, and he says that's about wraps it up. Um, catch us next Friday when we'll bring you um, the next qualifying match. And then we get uh, a PowerPoint. It says commentary team, Mocho Man, Chris Cage and Petey Crockett. And there's some shitty photos of them. And then we get some credits for the people who were involved in producing this whole thing. So we get the cameraman was John Hudson. Now, John Hudson was the referee of this match. So, I mean, maybe he owned the camera. Was it his phone? Could have been, yeah. It, It says... The uh, producer was Pete Mubam, which is Peter Crockett's real name. And there was no says, producer and no director on this show at all. And he says the director was John Stellard, which is Johnny Rhodes' real name. And he was in the match. I hate it. I hate everything about it. So that's the end of the first episode of HCW. Obviously, we didn't get any adverts in the show. I would hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. But that noise right there means it's time for Steve O to booker it better, and Steve O's created some adverts. Oh. Hey. Let me tell you something, Cole. We got a new sponsor for the show. It's Harry's. Harry's Razors. Now, let me tell you something, Cole, about Harry's Razors. 
Harry's razors will be able to get rid of that stupid little goatee you've got. I see what's going on there. You're trying to do a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, guess what? He kicked my ass just like Harry's razors are going to kick your beard's ass. Because Harry's razors will be able to remove it. And people like me, Booker T, are going to look at you and we're going to go, Oh my goodness. Now just remember, Cole, if you want to get a Harry's razors from unbooking the territory, then you've got to do one thing and one thing only. Type in the discount code BOOKERHARRY5. That's five times, five times WCW champion Booker T offering you 5% off your first order. Free shipping too. Oh my goodness. So that's Booker Harry 5 and get 5% off Harry's razors and look like me, a five-time WCW champion. <laughs> We've got a sponsorship on internet. Absolutely wonderful. No. I just, I just want to say that uh, we have no relationship with Harry's or um, the booking uh, the uh, promo code will not work. <laughs> this is purely for satirical purposes, but uh, Steve are knocking it out of the park there with uh, the first of the adverts. And he had, a, he, had a, he had a nice little tribute to uh, to Petey Crockett, uh, to, sorry, to the Mocho Man in there as well, when he's just very briefly, his accent dropped. <laughs> it, I always knew that the Booker T was enraged by goatees. I always knew it. <laughs> It was he. I didn't even know that. I've forgotten it. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> and I'd just like to say that um, we've got absolutely no relationship with the next company that's being advertised, and the promo code will not work. Let me tell you something, Cole. I see you've got a problem, and your problem is keeping it up. And I'm not talking about the microphone when you're interviewing the likes of The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Two guys that kept me down. Well, I can keep it up now, just like you can, with Blue Chew. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com. Go to their website and type in the promo code Booker Blue Chew 5. And you'll be able to keep it up with me, Booker T. And you'll be able to say when you look downstairs... Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, the, the last the last line on that is, oh, that is pure gold. Yeah. Oh, I, I laughed so hard when I heard who it was. <laughs> pun intended. Laughed so hard when I heard who the, who the quote unquote sponsor was that I nearly spit my beer out. Well, the Aloe Wrestling Podcast, you know, I think it was only fair that Booker T would uh, get an opportunity to... Uh... He certainly got a gift, hasn't he? <laughs> oh. So what we've learned so far is that the majority of wrestlers are hairy, floppy knobs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... they're not if they're using their product. <laughs> so this will be the final advert. I'm dreading what this third one is now. No, this is a product um, that we've made up ourselves. I really need to calm down doing these, but I find them so funny and ridiculous. So thanks to Rob, UTT Rob, to you guys on Twitter. Let me tell you something, Cole. You can book a me. <laughs> book a t- <laughs> book a t- 
you can book a me, book a tea for a book a gram. And if you are celebrating things like your five year anniversary, you can get people like me. But <laughs> you can bet people like me book a tea to give you a five time, five time, five time, five time, five time anniversary message. And tell you that, oh my goodness, this is a special occasion. And that Booker T wishes you a happy anniversary. Just go to www.bookerandbetter.com forward slash UTT podcast five. That's 5% off first Bookergram. Oh my goodness, you're going to be in for a great Christmas. Even though it's not Christmas, but I'm just ab-libbing as I'm literally looking at a phone. See you later. <laughs> that was the best one yet. <laughs> Oh, I don't know how he manages to stay in character. Like he's not, he's not the new Sasha Baron Cohen. He can just hold that character like nobody's business. <laughs> Again, that website and link doesn't work, but we might start uh, hiring Steve out to do bookograms. <laughs> I hope just some, somehow, some way, I hope that gets back to Booker T. We're gonna get a five. We're gonna get a five percent, five percent, five percent, five percent, five percent cut. <laughs> By which I mean five watts of five. Yeah, Steve deserves more than a five percent cut of all Booker T's earnings for what he's doing. <laughs> I'm really annoyed when he said about the anniversary. He could have, he could have, uh, he could have stuck in a shucky ducky quack quack reference. Yeah. They were absolutely brilliant and a lot better than a lot of the adverts. Although, ironically, there were often um, adverts for male enhancers in the middle of HEW shows. <laughs> of course they were. Of course they were. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be? Everything else about it's trashy as fuck. Why wouldn't they do that as well? HCW. <laughs> You've either just finished or you can't do it anyway, so buy this. <laughs> So now we're going to go on to the final episode of HCW. So they'd had a little rebrand since the first episode. and They'd had an invasion angle where they get um, taken over by an American faction that had renamed HCW the Affiliated Wrestling Alliance, which sounds like, you know, the American Dodgeball Association of America. But what do the initials make? AWA, but they changed it to AWA, WFA, because the um, uh, motto was We Fight Strong, and then just added Britannia on the end, because they thought that Americans <laughs> would do that. The TV show was AWA, WFS, Britannia. More like AWA, what the fuck are you doing, Britain? Yeah, it was bizarre. They still were HCW, and on the posters and stuff, it would say HCW, like in the corner, or formerly known as HCW or whatever, because they were it was just a storyline thing. On the poster for this particular show, that is from the Wolverley Sports and Social Club in Kidderminster, which HCW had named the Angelo Poffo Arena. Arena. Oh, I was really, I was really hoping they'd actually called it the Angelo Poffo Arena. No, it's the Angelo Poffo Arena, and on an episode of HCW. Pete Crockett said that they'd written to the family of Angelo Poffos, I'm assuming they'd written to the genius, 
and asked if uh, they could change the name of the Warmly Sports and Social Club to the Angelo, po- Angelo Poffo Arena. And he'd not objected, so they had done. He did receive no response, so they'd taken that as a green light. Yes. Um, but, but on the poster for this event, there was Hulk Hogan, circa 1994 WCW. Oh, God. And, and the Red Power Ranger. <laughs> and it was sponsored by Harlow Timber Merchants. Uh. Again, I've done the gate. Adults were five pounds, children were three pounds, so a slight increase there. And a slightly bigger crowd, we've got 13 adults and seven kids, so we're up to 20 people. Now, that didn't include the barman, I'm, I'm assuming. You know, it, it, I, take, I take it this is just for the first match, because we get two matches from two different arena, two different quote-unquote arenas. We do, and we'll, we'll cover that uh, when we get to it. Now, they do say, so, so effectively, that would be 86 pounds. But it does say on the poster that it's free in if you're a member of the Wolverley Sports and Social Club. They made fuck all. Yeah. Now, they wa- this wasn't the only thing on the card. It wasn't just the wrestling that was going to get in there. They had a special guest. Charlie Days was going to be on this show. Who? Yes, exactly. In 1981, Charlie, Blaze, Charlie Days had been on three episodes of ITV The Comedians. And his last televised appearance was in 1987 when he was one of the uh, panellists on Blankety Blank. At this point, he's 81 years old. Was he the old fella in the back who looked like he was falling asleep into his pint? Possibly, yeah. Yeah, but they'd advertised him to be here for the show, so... That's... (laughs) Even Rise managed to get Wagner off X Factor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, so that's the thing. So we get a professionalist start to the show with the music and high. No, we don't. Well, compared to what you're expecting from the Wolverley Sports and Social Club. <laughs> but less than I expect from the Angelo Poffo Arena. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you know, they could have made £86, but they, you know, it's just covered with the club membership. So I think, they, I think they made a lot. Well, they definitely made a lot on all the shows they did. But I think they made a lot on, you know, the, uh, just the PowerPoint. Credit the, the graphics and the the filter side in the shit wrestling uh, are much better than the uh, the opening show, but that's like are they? See, <laughs> that's like seeing Gone Reason. Exactly the same. No, the, no, the, actual, like, the opening, like the credits thing, was was it was different. Yeah, I thought it was a little step up. Um, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was a step up. Um, we do get a PowerPoint scrolling up the screen saying Happy New Year. This episode went out on the 3rd of January 2020. It was filmed on the 27th of September 2019. So uh, I'm just back I've, I've just realised this is the most modern shit we've covered. Yeah. <laughs> and this match is a title match. It's for the vacant GWF Commonwealth title. Drink. Long title name. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that you could make PowerPoint writing move that slowly up a screen as well? No. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it's just when, when before it even starts and you get someone in the crowd yelling, kick his ass, sea bass. Which, <laughs> well, which is a reference I don't think I've heard since the early 2000s. <laughs> so this match is Vladimir versus the legend slayer nick flag and the reason nick flag is the legend slayer is because he's beaten 
Lewis Blaine, who we'll see in the final match. Who, yeah, predominantly, he has no cage match and uh, predominantly only works HCW. That's because he got killed. That's because the legend got killed so hard it knocked him off all records. I did watch a couple of other um, random HCW episodes while I was prepping for this, and there's one episode that Lewis Blaine's in a match, and the kid in the crowd shouts, "Come on, Grandad!" <laughs> <laughs> so I think that tells you who's watching these shows. Thing is, the, the kid, the kid wasn't actually supporting him; he was trying to get him to leave. Yeah, <laughs> it was his grandson. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's time to go home, Granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Mum's waiting in the car. The, the referee for this match was Mr. X. Now, HCW always claimed that um, Mr. X was Mr. X from the world of sport days. The original Mr. X, Ed Windsor, died in 2016, so I don't think it was him, given that it's uh, past that point. And Danny Davis, um, famous wrestler, uh, referee in the World Wrestling Federation, had uh, worked as Mr. X, but I think this is um, Johnny Rose under a mask. HCW specialised in getting people on the show who wore masks. So they'd say they'd have like Doink the Clown for a show or they'd say they had a bad street but even Brad Armstrong wouldn't work this show and then they'd say they'd have Cruel Connections 1 and 2. It's sort of a a classic, it's sort of a classic wrestling thing to do that I think but again, I mean they don't do it well do they? (laughs) It's, It's not even, it's not even carny bullshit. It's, it's just it's, bullshit. Yeah. But they do go to a carnival, so... <laughs> and the carnival's told them to fuck off. <laughs> so, again, you know, we get a, a, another shitty um, lock-up start, another shitty match. One of the great things about when Mr X is referee in a match, he cannot be asked to get down for the count, so he'll stomp the count with his foot. <laughs> or, or he physically can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was a physical issue more than anything, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's unique. Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's um, I, I wish more referees would do that. I I actually prefer Mister X to uh, a lot of the referees in AEW. <laughs> we get uh, one section of the match where Mister X is not very mobile. He's just stood there and he's in front of the hard cam, so we can see fuck all going on in the match. <laughs> more classic HCW camera work. Now. People who have watched a lot of HEW will notice that the Wolverley Sports and Social Club used to have a fruit machine near the door, and that's been moved to uh, add another chair in. So I think they are expecting a, yeah, a larger capacity for these shows than perhaps they did previously. I have seen episodes where there's just like one guy playing on the gambler with his uh, back to the wrestling. How, how long is it between the, that first episode we just watched and this? Believe it or not, because this went out in 2020, the first episode was 2015, and they were both January. This shit stayed on the air for five years on television. And in that time, they've almost doubled their crowd. (laughs) (laughs) I'm killing it in the demo. The only thing they've learned is to put the camera up a bit higher. Yeah. In all that time. Yeah, it's not a great match. Uh, Nick Flagg has Vladimir in an ankle lock and Vladimir reaches the ropes because they're in what is probably a nine-foot ring, let alone a 12. <laughs> I've, said, I, I, I've cycled through some of the thumbnails, right? And some of these episodes are literally in what looks like a five-foot ring in somebody's front yard. Yeah. 
five years on TV, Dan. Impact that of a UK TV deal, and this does or did. Life's not fair. Uh, it is crazy when you think about it. Absolutely crazy. Vladimir runs into the turnbuckle, and uh, Nick Flagg does a shit-eat defeat, and he gets a three-count from Mr. X stomping his foot down. I forgot, I, forgot, I forgot what these were called halfway through the mat, uh, what uh, Vladimir was called, so I just started calling him pyjamas. <laughs> so if you ever see their version of Bad Street, it really is in his pyjamas. Oh, God. There, yeah. there are some matches where they just get random other wrestlers on the show to um, referee the match, and they'll literally just put a ref shirt over and uh, <laughs> come out again. It's uh, exciting, though. we got a title change on this match. Yeah, I'm pretty it. sure they didn't put out who had the title in the first place, but we got a title change. Or was it a vacant title, wasn't it? It was a vacant title, yeah. yeah so at this point, does it matter? No, don't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> I know this match, my summary of this match. It was a shit match that didn't even have big dick trainee energy, and the crowd didn't give two fucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, I, th- yeah, I think there was an old man asleep in the background and it could have been the special guest, whatever his name was, that comedian. Charlie Dares. And I think he was having the best time of anybody in that pub. Yeah. I've got to Google Charlie Dares because I need to know who he is now. <laughs> I just, yeah, it was... And the sad thing is this... Re- um... Oh, it just brings up Charlie Day from uh, Always Sunny. I don't think it was him. <laughs> The best thing Although is, this is the level of the wrestling. In fact, their wrestling show was better on Always Sunny. <laughs> the one that, that they put on was way better. Was that when they had Danny DeVito in the Andre singlet? Yeah, yeah. The trash man eats trash. That was his gimmick. I, I watched the opening episode of Always Sunny and couldn't get on with it, so I never went back. Oh, I adore it. Just watch the wrestling episode for the now. It is actually amazing. We'll have to add it to the list of uh, wrestling uh, sitcom episodes rather than and game show episodes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Roddy Piper's in it. Who is? Plays the main. Roddy Piper plays the maniac in it, and he's awesome. Oh, I mean, he's really, really funny. His comedy timing is amazing. He's so good. Oh dear, that was a very big swig of seventeen percent. That could bite me in the ass in about five minutes. <laughs> Talking about things that uh, might bite you in the ass in about five minutes, we get a graphic up saying, "Stay with us for Fox's Freak Show." And it's not Alicia Fox and some burlesque groups. I'm instantly disappointed. No, no. But we're going to our third event. This is like WrestleMania 2, isn't it? Three venues. (laughs) (laughs) Three venues spanning five years. We're going to the Civic in Stourport. Uh, This was recorded on the 31st of August 2019. It's one of HCW's big events. It's Summer Slap. (laughs) <laughs> oh god so again going back to rise they have summer sesh because it's summer and they're like a sesh summer sesh i can get on board with doing something like summer slamboree to combine the two but summer slap <laughs> that is shit that is even just by yeah. british wrestling standards they're just looking for other things that go with summer and are a bit about fighting. Summer twat. <laughs> yeah, he's going, to, he's going to twat him at summer twat. So because this is summer slap, you have to expect that prices have gone up. So it's adult 
adults are 10, <laughs> six pounds. And this is uh, obviously it's a big event, oh. so it's going to be the biggest crowd we've seen. There are 20 adults and 13 children, a gait of 278 pounds. And the promoter told them it was 50. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I dread to think how much it costs to hire out the Civic in Stourport. I'm guessing it's more than 278 pounds. I don't even know where the fuck Stourport is. It could have given them half a, it could have given them a Freddo and half a warm can of Coke. All these places are within a radius of Kidderminster. I mean, they, they had a Y Forest Championship uh, at one point. I mean, that's how uh, parochial it is. Well, at least Mr X has managed to get from one venue to the other and somehow change height and body shape in the journey. So he's, a mystery. He's, a, he's a man of mystery. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and he died in 2016. <laughs> Zombie referee. That's, uh, we've got a six-man tag. It's uh, the legend, Louis Splane. It's the soul killer. Now, in preparation for this, I did watch um, one of the um, YouTube podcasts that HCW released. It was Johnny Rose interviewing the soul killer. And you go, my, my um, guest today is the soul killer. How are you doing, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> jo- Joel killer. <laughs> Bully boy Carter. I mean, there's no cage match for... The Soul Killer and Bully Boy Carter. Um, again, we, we said none for Lewis Blaine earlier, but his grandson comes to the show, so at least that's something we know about him. And they're against Fox's Freak Show. So there's the Fox Catcher, uh, who you've had uh, very loud opinions about over the years, Dan. He's shit. <laughs> he, he used to be a heel. Uh, now he's randomly faced. He still hunts foxes, which apparently is... A face thing to do. He's shit. Yeah. And he's he, somehow still the best wrestler in this match. There's the Rainbow Warrior Phantasimo. Now, I think the, well, the Rainbow Warrior Phantasimo comes out with a rip-off version of Nemo from, from Finding Nemo. I think he is the golden um, Balatar from the first match that we watched. And he's learned nothing since then. You might be right there, yeah. Yeah. Bam Bam Bouye. Yeah, a no cage match for him. And they're with, not managed by, just a hanger-on who's got some kind of toy monkey with him that he's saying to the crowd, Animal Ace Monty Bird. Now, the one thing I will say about Animal Ace Monty Bird is that he's kept a record of shows and posters and stuff that he's put on his Facebook, which I've been able to get to find out what all this stuff was. Now, I didn't want to go to the effort of, you know, having Facebook and logging in, so I didn't get the full information. But while you can get on it, on a cursory branch, I found a fair bit. One thing that did strike me is Foxcatcher isn't really an okay name to have in wrestling nowadays, right? Isn't it sort of very strongly linked to the Penn State stuff? And all that yeah, there was a film about it, wasn't there? Because Kurt yeah. Angle in the... the oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, seen that film. Kobat, right? And but, Steve Carell, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was a brilliant, yeah. brilliant film. Dark as yeah. shit, obviously. That's what I immediately think of when I hear Foxcatcher, is all of that dodginess. In defence of the Foxcatcher, he's actually trying to catch foxes. Oh, he's, yeah, he is an actual physical Foxcatcher, isn't he, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. which, uh, again, isn't okay in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, 20, yeah. When this was 
filmed our 2022 when this has been regarded. I, start, I started to agree with you there, then, and then I suddenly thought, no, wait, that's still really shitty. Yeah, <laughs> it's still not okay, just in a different way. Yeah. Still really bad. How fucking odd. And the only thing worse than his name is his fucking entrance music. But it's got the stupid fucking horns going, and then all you hear is the word foxcatcher yelled like Peter Griffin in Family Guy selling butt scratches. <laughs> so... Lewis Blaine goes over and he gets the mic and it's Jordan Hudson who was the referee from the first ma- match who's on the sound decks and uh, Lewis Blaine cuts a promo. What the bloody music? Listen to me, you Midlands morons. Where the hell are we? Where the hell are we tonight? Stourport. Stourport. Sounds like some off drink or something. Listen to me tonight, the tag team of Soul Killer. Bad boy and Lewis Blaine will destroy this tag team team. Weirdos. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. And that noise right there means it's time for Steve O to booker it better. Oh shit. Well, let me tell you something, Cole. We're here live, Birmingham, Alabama. Or is it Birmingham in the UK, in the Midlands? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you something, Cole. We got a tag team. I have no idea who they are. I don't know who they, where they come from. But, oh, my goodness, we're in for a hell of a match. <laughs> He's wasted on us. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Steve summing up my exact thoughts on this match but with using fewer F words <laughs> I'll tell you how I've described Foxy's Freak Show it's like someone who's only ever seen the Greatest Showman DVD cover and one oddities match did a wrestling entrance really really badly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. It's, it's, it's not good is it it went on forever. It took a really long time for the actual wrestling to start. Well, that even when they're in the ring, actual wrestling never started. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Like Freak Show was doing the whole thing that uh, John Hudson's daughter put a Pikachu hat on his head, and the camera caught it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this whole this whole shtick of getting the heels in with his little promo uh, from the old fella and getting the Freak Show out that lasted longer than the opening match. Yeah. The opening episode. The opening episode. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will give it as well. Uh, on the first match, we had someone yell, kick his ass, Seabass. Before this match started, someone in the audience just belched loudly, which I respect. <laughs> yeah, I did write that down. I enjoyed that. <laughs> it was a solid... I would give that burp a higher rating than anything we've seen so far. Oh... <laughs> uh... I don't want to um, give any spoilers for my moment of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Bam Bam Booyah shouting Ooga Booga and wearing a Halloween mask, despite it being the middle of summer at SummerSlam. It was Soul Killer's mask. Ah, I didn't see it soul in it. Because Soul Killer said, take my mask off. Was, was it in the summer? Have we checked? Because they might have just called it that and banged it on in January. 
The best thing is it was actually filmed in November. It was filmed in August, but it uh, went out in January on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was thought being a bit mean then, but I was actually bang on the money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. I don't think you can be too mean for this. No. The bell rings and the crowd shouts "filthy, filthy, filthy" as Fox catches twerking in the ring. Well, I did wonder. I wasn't paying attention, but I did wonder why he was pointing at his ass. Yeah, it, it's absolutely bizarre. Lewis Blaine tells the crowd to shut up or they're going to go back to the dressing room. I mean, that was the crowd. The crowd had the opportunity then, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they could have, they could have got rid of them, but um, unfortunately, <laughs> the heels stayed and we had a match. Yeah. I, know, I never actually figured out who was who in the, uh, the, the heel team. So I was calling Lewis Blaine, uh, old man. I was calling, I actually, I figured out who Soul Killer was. And then I couldn't remember the third guy's name, so I've called him Generic Heel number one. Bully Boy Carter and Foxcatcher circle each other like uh, Hogan and The Rock for one minute, 41 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we've done the other episodes, and by the way, if you want to jump back over to Lucha Underground at any point right now, or even the last year of WCW, then let's do it. <laughs> I, I tried to take relatively um, detailed notes of the matches when we watched those. I got about three and a half minutes into, I'm not going to call it the match, but after the bell rang, and I literally wrote down, what's the fucking point? <laughs> because if they don't give a shit, why should I? <laughs> I there, there, was one, there was one thing in this match that made me smile. And that was, was, was it doing the shame at man punishes? No, it was when, uh, it was when Foxcatcher yelled, he's fisting him. <laughs> in a room full of kids mm. did you get a chance to see the ring posts at any point that had oh, a foot yeah. of, of very rusty iron bars sticking out of them at about face eye height they, were <laughs> they, like, those... they looked like they're just tetanus waiting to happen they were flashing off those rusty ring pieces weren't they yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at there were rusty the pieces of the ring <laughs> There was, a, um, there was a decent moment in this match, though, because we got a Les Kellett spot where Fantasimo was riding Soul Killer like a little horse, Les Kellett style. That was madly amusing. But going back a little bit, there was, with the first two in the ring... Did you hear this crowd from the, this, the chant from the crowd, though? They were, chanting, they were chanting Little Pony. Well, it was oh, that was it. That, yeah, but three of the people chanting that were the faces. Well, yeah, but three, three of the, that's 10% of the people that were in the building. <laughs> <laughs> the first two that were in Foxcatcher and whoever the fuck. There was the slowest drop down, the slowest leapfrog, and the slowest hip tosses in the world ever. Underwater wrestling. But not intentional. I watched a slow motion <laughs> match at North. I think it was uh, Kyle Fletcher, and I can't remember who he was facing. But they just randomly decided to go into slow motion at one point. But it was impressive because they were they were actually just doing the moves, but like had the body control and like slow bumping and shit like that. And it was like, wow, that's probably that must be harder to do than actual wrestling. This was just crap. Yeah, well, most of the moves when people do them, I've got shit next to it. <laughs> There's points in it where they they like they flashed up little. Like just just for a split second, you saw the logo pop up, 
And then it came back and like it just said at the bottom, the wrestling continues. <laughs> Which I mean, thought, the wrestling hasn't fucking started. <laughs> because because HW was a half hour show, there, there were some times where like one match would be put over several weeks worth of television. <laughs> Like they had a Royal Rumble once, and it, and it took like six weeks to get through because <laughs> of all the breaks. And the... Did they find 30 people to do a Rumble, or did, was it the same chaps in different masks coming back in, I assume? No, no, they, no they, had, they, they had quite a few people come in. Yeah, they, I think there would have been 30, but um, I think yeah. it was including like managers and all this sort of stuff, but yeah. yeah Who's at number seven? seven? It's Big Les from Beyond the Bar. I was just about to say that to ask all seven people in attendance to make up the numbers. <laughs> well, I don't understand what Bouyer was. I don't think Bouyer understands what Bouyer was. It was bizarre. We get to see at the end of the match, all six men are in the ring. Um, the faces throw all the heels at each other. Blaine and Carter roll out of the ring. Soul Killer's dizzy. Bam Bam Bouyer does uh, sort of a bomb I ache in Shasta sort of thing. And Fox Catcher does a frog splash, which is the most athletic move we've seen so far. That's giving it a real wrestling move name. <laughs> from very, very saggy ropes. I mean, I don't know how they kept his weight up. To, um, paraphr- to paraphrase the great prophet of our time, Buzz Lightyear, it wasn't a frog splash, it was falling with style. Yes. <laughs> Mr. X stamps out a three counts and we've got a winner. Did you notice, speaking of Mr. X, did you notice in this match how the cameraman, or camera person, whoever, was really obsessed with getting the camera right on Mr. X's back? Yeah. Well, it it takes away from the wrestling. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this was the showcase of the the Immortals. This was Summer Slap. (laughs) In January. In January, yeah. Um, So there you have it, Fox's Freak Show of One, Foxcatcher, Bam Bam Bouye, and... Phantasmo, and then we get a graphic saying join us next week for the hottest half hour in pro wrestling. Well, that's not going to happen. Yay! Did they uh, did they spell it right on this one? I forgot to check because on one of the other episodes I dipped into, the hour of hottest half hour in pro wrestling was O U R. <laughs> not H O U R. Oh dear. See, it, it'd be fine if there were a Yorkshire promotion and they just missed the, the H's off each one, Otis Half Hour. Well, they, I think they just ran out of money, couldn't afford the last H. They did occasionally go on a tour and go to Dinnington near Barnsley and they, they had a major heel called the Barnsley Brawler and he was like the Yorkshire champion. Please tell me one of his moves was the Barnsley Chop. Um. It probably was, but yeah, it, it was it was awful. You refused to go to any of those Dinnington shows, Dan. I said we should go. It's too far away. <laughs> I'm actually I'm actually on I'm actually on. Um, I'm on HCW's Facebook now, and as of a day ago, they have got the HCW South Yorkshire and East Midlands champion, and it's a wrestler I've actually heard of. It's malicious Paul Mallon. Now Paul Mallon, and I've I've heard of because he was Joseph Connor's tag partner. In Southside, about what, about twenty fourteen time. That's the only reason I know who he is. But he's their uh, their South Yorkshire and Midlands champion. So yeah. I know that name. He's worked around here at some point. Yeah, maybe for like Cov Pro or AP or APA or something like that. I don't know. Mm, maybe they're changing the hiring practices to uh, people who've wrestled before. 
So unfortunately, that's not the end of the show because we get an interview with Fox's freak show. Foxy shouting what what a lot because he's he actually hunts foxes. Yeah, he says it was an excellent spiffing win. I couldn't make out any of this what he was saying, so I was quite happy. Yeah, he says we have the great Bam Bam Booye and the animal ace Monty Bird, and Monty Bird goes oi oi. And uh, Foxcatcher says he's got a monkey with him for all those little monkeys out there. They love it. They love monkeys. Spank the monkey, I say. Oh, God, check these cunts hard drives. Yeah. Um, Sorry, the, uh, the, the, uh, the 17% is officially hitting me now. So, uh, I mean, that's the end of the show. That's the end of HCW on the Bright Entertainment Network. So, obviously, we only... Well, we didn't get any adverts on the shows. We did get an advert on the poster for Harlow Timber Merchants. So, um, I guess that's at least something for all your timber needs in Harlow. But in terms of shout-outs that we've had for the show, Just In Time 211 from the Just In Time podcast shout us out, so thank you very much for that. Keep up the good work, thank you. Mark at Proj underscore foot from the Project Football podcast shouted us out. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, uh, I'm thankfully doing a a role at work now where I can listen to podcasts while I work and uh, very much like to... My, uh, Mark's most recent episode of Project Football that dropped, so no doubt we'll have had six or seven more out by this point. Yeah, yeah, very much uh, looking forward to uh, his future episodes. Marty, at Marty Jr. from the Marty and Fitch Talk Bollocks podcast said that uh, we had a fod- podcast that people should follow. And Marty does as well. Go follow Marty and Fitch Talk Bollocks because it is exactly the brand of bullshit that you need in your logos once a week. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. And that noise right there means Ooh. it's time, the third time on the show, for Steve-O to booker it better. Fucking hell. I thought I'd muted during that burp, sorry. Let me tell you something, Cole. We've got the Marty and Fitch podcast. Oh my goodness, and let me tell you something, Cole. During their intro, they must say the name five times, like me, the five-time WCW champion. They are the Marty and Fitch podcast. The Marty and Fitch podcast. The Marty and Fitch podcast. Oh my goodness, the Marty and Fitch podcast. The Marty and Fitch podcast. Oh my goodness, I can't even say podcast anymore. But like me, the WCW champion, they are the five-time Marty and Fitch podcast. That is magnificent. I think I'm sure I'd seen Steve-O put that on Twitter, actually. (laughs) No, very good work from Steve-O. So we've got three ads and we've got two Bookering It Betters. So five-time, 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 five-time Bookering It Better on the show. And infinitely more entertaining than HCW. It definitely was. Lee at LDCon71 said that he had a handsome pile of empty real ale cans after talking to us. He did, and he even uh, even discovered that chocolate-flavoured beer isn't shit. So very, uh, very glad to be helping Lee along his way from drinking Lapis Ridicule. Yeah, and to be fair to Lee, his first episode that he watched with us wasn't good, so he's not going to have to uh, sit through. He did get a very good episode after that on his second, but... Uh, uh, he's not going to have to enjoy the uh, torture you have, Tack. Yeah. <laughs> Although it would be good to get you and me on the same episode one uh, at some point. 
Yeah, so every time I've every time I've ever seen Lee, he's usually surrounded by empty beer receptacles of some kind. Sort of his natural <laughs> habitat, to be fair. <laughs> we have we have sunk a few in our time. Talking about Steve-O, though, Steve-O at Total Steve-O from uh, the Elite FPL podcast and his own YouTube channel, uh, which is really worth checking out, posted his bloopers and said that despite not watching AEW, um, he agrees with all my Aubrey Edwards opinions. Yeah, I didn't quite get that. <laughs> if, he, if he's not watched it, how does he know? He's probably seen a GIF or something. Maybe. The Show and Flop podcast at um, Show and Flop Cast said that, that we were an awesome show, so thank you for that. Thank you very much. Real Chris Bellis and Chris Bellis from the One Man's Meat podcast, which is coming soon to this very channel. It'll all already be out by now, so you can go back and listen to the episode in the archive and upcoming episodes. Said that we only played the satellite-based drinking game, so it was so much fun when he was on the show. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And it's inspired every drinking game we've had since. Yeah, it has. It's, it's a good game. Uh, shame there wasn't many satellite bases. Um, I think there was the start of the first episode. We could maybe have uh, done that, but there were only ones. Mm. In this, with HCW, the key is to just don't stop drinking. Don't stop drinking. Frank Jofo at Jofo in the Ring has left multiple reviews for us um, for episodes on Podbean, uh, although they don't come through to the um, place that aggregates the reviews for us. So thank you for that, uh, Frank. And sorry we've been missing those. Yeah, appreciate that very much. And again, with uh, with my work changing slightly, uh, had the chance to listen to uh, some of their stuff this week. Uh, I tweeted about it, and uh, very very good indeed. Especially the uh, the Jimmy Jacobs interview was uh, was fantastic. Uh, as was the uh, the Tyson Maddox one. Yeah. Uh, Mags at Podfather Mags, who is on every podcast, thanked us for putting up with him on a regular basis. Which, to be fair, we deserve. We deserve that praise. Yeah. And he deserves it as well, but, you know, we can't put him over too much. And Danny at Scottish Juggalo, who um, is also on the One Man's Meet podcast here on this channel, is uh, works with Mags on a changing attitude, and um, he shouted us out on that podcast. So thank you for that, Danny. Yeah, thank you, Danny. It was um, we. Are, Danny was uh, well, I think in our first dozen guests, and I know was was pretty nervous coming on, but he took to it like a duck to water, and it's great to see him carrying on. It is, it really is. And Mafurkin Mark said that our review of AW Dark was better than an episode of AW Dark. Yeah, I'd say so as well. Yeah. <laughs> certainly certainly more storyline than most episodes of AW Dark. Yeah, and more drinking. Well. <laughs> so now it's time for the awards section of the show. So, Tack, <laughs> would you give your match of the night? So, uh, you know. Um, the chap who was wrestling with the camera at the end of the first match to get it to actually see some of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to give anybody any props at all for any of that, what happened. So that's what that's got to be. Or the guy who vouched for wrestling with his gut. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling with, with uh, an acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to give it to Johnny. In fact, yeah, I'll give it to Johnny Rose versus the Golden Bellator because I couldn't see most of it. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm going to give it to the six man tag because, it, well, I, I don't know. 
I, I thought it might be a, a shade better than the, a, shade, a shade less bad than the others. I like how you had to change that to less bad. Yeah. Tack, what would you give your moment of the night? So, uh, oh shit! I already said the guy who burped. Um, Come on, clean sweep for the night for the guy who burped. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. Uh, I just wrote question marks down on the list, <laughs> <laughs> and I never got around to putting anything in there. Um, I quite, I quite liked that one geezer's tie dye top. That was nice. Phantasma. Yeah, Phantasma's tie dye top was moment of the night. It's quite Same a nice t-shirt. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing. There was no redeeming moment. There was one redeeming moment. The belch. On, what was it? <laughs> In fact, there were two redeeming moments. The belch, and when it faded to black at the end. <laughs> but for me, the moment of the night was the belch. Well, I'm going to give it to Mr X stomping the count out with his foot rather than getting down for the, uh, the free count. Yeah. It was certainly unique. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> tack. Who's your MVP of the show? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm going to cut in right now because I don't think we should. There shouldn't. We shouldn't nominate an MVP of the show. I think we are the MVPs of the show for sitting through that bollocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's really fair enough. I also wasn't a hundred percent sure which was the last episode, so I actually watched the one that they did that was a, a bonfire night as well. So I've actually watched one more episode than I had to and I think I deserve MVP for that and I think a special <laughs> a special mention should probably go to Peter Crockett for keeping this shit on TV for five years no it shouldn't, yeah, it, um, it shouldn't. it's a crime there weren't I mean, any signs as far as I could see so I don't think there was a sign of the night no. You could take this wrestling show to somebody and be like, I've got the most incredible thing for you to watch. They watch the whole thing and go, what the fuck did you just show me? You go, here's the incredible thing. That's been on TV for five years. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you can dig something incredible out of it. <laughs> right, so now, now, now we're getting serious. It's uh, an award that could actually legitimately get um, handed out to someone. I think all the others... Yeah, you know, uh, are a bit of a, a joke on this show, but uh, this is a serious award. The Rene Goulet Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night. Oh, um, this is a tough one because this one actually matters because there is a, a genuine... The Fox guy. The, the, the Fox guy. He had hair. All the others had masks on or were an old man, so give it the Fox guy. Fair enough, Dan. <laughs> I have to give it to the only man who can start a show with one haircut and finish the show with another. And that's Petey Crockett from going from his man bun to whatever wannabe grease lightning bullshit he had by the end of the first episode. <laughs> I'm going to go for Bully Boy Carter. He's got a mohawk in Kidderminster, I mean. He's uh, living on the edge. Oh, it screams not to be fucked with. <laughs> really does. So, Tack, what would you rate this show out of 10? That was my actual rating. Just a very <laughs> big sigh. <laughs> Am I allowed to give it nothing? No, in Maybe. fact, it owes me points. I'm giving it minus five. 
<laughs> horrific. Absolutely horrific. How that stayed on TV for five years, I've got no fucking idea. It's um, it's actually unbelievable. I, I can only assume someone gave them a slot and then just never checked what they were doing for five years. And then someone one day had a look and said, what the fuck is going on here? Who's allowed this to happen for five years? Because <laughs> no, if anybody was paying attention to that, there's no way it continued for that long. No way. Well, I was paying attention to it. I watched it because every week it was like, it, it cannot be this bad. And HCW never, ever disappointed you. It was always atrocious. <laughs> At least it was consistent. Was Johnny Rose on that TV network by any chance? That's the only explanation I can think of. Johnny, Ro- Johnny Rose isn't even on the TV. He's got it on finance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still going down to Rumbleos with his pay book. He's still in debt to Tandy, poor bloke. Mm. <laughs> What would you rate it, Dan? Well, uh, I operate on a strict uh, 0 to 10 scale on this show. Uh, so I am going to have to give it a very generous 1. But that's because to get a 0, it would have to just not exist, basically. So I'll give it a 1. But in reality, there's rock bottom, 50 feet of bullshit... <laughs> and then this crap. So, but I'll be uh, I'll be nice and give it a one. Yeah, we've often said on these shows when something's bad that they did the absolute best they possibly could for the money. And even though you know they were getting gates of sixty eight pounds, I think they could have done better. Absolutely, they could. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with you, Dan, and I'm going to give that one out of ten, which. Between us gives uh, an average rating of, of minus one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're lucky to fucking get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I, like, this, this is definitely penance for my first two episodes being really good. Like, there's, no, think, there's no way that I'm still in debt. I think we need to give you another couple of good ones, actually, based on this. I, 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 need, a, I need a fucking 10 baller next time. Just to balance it out halfway, we'll give you WrestleMania 70. <laughs> <laughs> so would it surprise you that this event isn't even on Cage Match? What? <laughs> <laughs> what were the ratings on Bright Entertainment Network? Probably less than the amount of people that were at the show. Oh, right. Didn't nearly joke. Honest. So that was HCW in a nutshell. We've done the first and the last. You, you always said we didn't do enough last episodes. Has uh, this changed your mind, Dan? No, because this doesn't count as wrestling. <laughs> we actually saw better wrestling and more competition on the WCW versus Glow episode of Family Feud that we uh, reviewed with Sarah. Oh, that was glorious. Oh, that was glorious. That was genuinely fun. We need to do more wrestling game shows. Uh, wrestling matches with my friends in my front garden when I was six years old. <laughs> I lived at a high spot. <laughs> but, but me and Ash had put on a better wrestling match now. Yeah, yeah. At least, at least we couldn't mimic Big Daddy and Giant Airstacks. <laughs> so, Tack, where can people find you? I am Tack Brown on Twitter. Tack with a T A double C because I'm the unique little flower. And yeah, that's it, really. Superb, Dan. 
You can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can also find myself, Rob, uh, Mags and James doing the monthly pay-per-view reviews on the 90s Wrestling Podcast uh, feed on the Primetime Conversations YouTube channel. Uh, you can find that on YouTube at Primetime Conversations or on Twitter at Primetime Convos. Uh, you can also find me on the Doctor Who podcast with uh, Cy Powell and that's uh, either coming soon or already out. I'm not quite sure when this is all going to release, but we're on all podcast feeds uh, through uh, Radio Techers as well. And that we're on Twitter at the Doctor Who Pod. That's the D R W H O P O D. Excellent. You can find me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. Remember on this channel to check out the One Man's Meat podcast with Danny and uh, Chris Bellis. It's uh, coming, well, already here now. So, um, yeah, uh, go over there for the oddities, um, storylines that have been dropped, forgotten wrestlers, uh, the whole work. So um, get over and uh, listen to that. In addition, we do a bonus series called Unbooking the Tankatory, where we follow the in-ring career of Tank Abbott. And uh, you can listen to uh, that on this channel as well. But as well as that, it's really worth following the Twitter at UTT Tank because you will get some absolutely amazing tank facts. Yes. For example, some wrestlers boast about wrestling a bear. No bear has ever dared to wrestle Tank Abbott. It's true. <laughs> tank Abbott invented pate while holiday in France when in a duck flew at him and he punched it so hard he liquidated its liver. Again, it's documented. I've seen the footage. <laughs> and diamonds are the hardest thing on earth when Tank Abbott is on a plane. The rest of the time, Tank Abbott is the hardest thing on earth. <laughs> Again, you can't argue with it. <laughs> so, I'm going to stay with Brit Ress. And we are going to go and watch the last episode of UWA Rampage. Oh, fuck me. That's next week and all, isn't it? <laughs> it's Rampage, baby! Da, 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 da. <laughs> what have I done to myself? That's the oh, nice thing is I only I only get to I only have to deal with this shit every now and then. Like you're in for every week, no matter what happens. And the worst part is I've suggested all these, so I've I've just not thought about it and said, "Oh, should we do this this week? Should we do this that week?" Not realizing what I'm actually doing to myself until it's too late. <laughs> Well, the bonus of the UWA is that we do have some adverts. That, that will give me life. That will keep me going. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Here goes. I'm here with the Foxcatcher uh, for his first win with the Foxy's Freak Show. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> Fantastic win there, guys. And uh, taking on some great thugs there. Yes. Good, good, good match. Congratulations on that. Yes, it was an absolutely spiffing win. We're going for monkeys out there they love it they love the monkey spank the monkey i say and then we have the rainbow warrior see 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 see